today's episode of TechSess, I'm joined by Amelia Paro, who is a multi-award winning speaker, cybersecurity advisor, and currently is the channel development manager for ID Agent. Amelia has over 10 years of experience in the technology industry and is based out of Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome to TechSess, the show that provides the information you need to know so that technology can help your business to be more successful. So, Amelia, thanks for joining me today on TechSess. Our first guest from across the pond, so it's quite exciting. First American on the show, so uh, you have that Ooh. privilege. No one can take that away from you. Um, Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm going to add that to my LinkedIn bio. Yeah, you should. Yeah, first American guest on TechSess. We'll need to get your certificate or something for that. I'll put it on my wall right <laughs> next to the uh, 100 people in the channel that you don't know, but you should. Yeah, I've seen that actually on your LinkedIn bio as well. That's quite exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I need to find out how you get onto that. How do people find out about the people that you need to know that you don't know? It's one of those industry recognitions that we didn't pay for. So it's actually legit, right? <laughs> but how CRN <laughs> picks those people, I don't know. I think they just do like a LinkedIn. They're like, hmm, who's sort of on the outside, but up and coming, but maybe people would know, but should more know more of, but probably needs to get paid more. Let's pick them. <laughs> Yeah, well, hey, it's a great it's a great list to be on actually. It'd be nice to end Absolutely. up. I think it's nice to be end up on something that like you say you haven't entered, you haven't paid for. It's just organically someone's chose you to be on something. That's pretty cool actually. So, tell us a bit more about your day job. What do you do? Obviously, you work for ID Agent who we're partnered with here at M3. So, what do you do over there at ID Agent? Other than hang out with all my friends, which happen to be people in the tech industry, <laughs> it's kind of a 6 degrees of Kevin Bacon. You're familiar with that term. Uh, mm -hmm. story. So I've been in the tech industry for a very long time and I had the opportunity to join an IT service provider organization and we were one of the early adopters of the ID agent platform. So I've actually been using the ID agent platform since they came out into the channel since early 2018. And one of the things that struck me as being wow, this is different. This is something that really not only can help my business, my IT service business, but my customers as well. This is different. I truly feel that we've done a good job so far at educating the rest of the business community, but it's not over. We have to continue, but there's still kind of that gap in like fully grasping how serious and how significant the risk is, especially to small businesses, to individuals, right? This cyber warfare that we're in right now, kind of long story short, at ID Agent, I really evangelize for the, not just the, the tool, but the, all the education that goes with it. I get to do what I did with my MSP, but do it with other MSPs as a team, as a community, as we fight against cybercrime. The war on drugs 2.0, right? Yeah. So back in the 80s, the whole big war on drugs thing, well, this is the whole war on cybercrime. So I like get to suit up every day and get my cyber shield on and help <laughs> others get their cyber shield <laughs> and my lightsaber. <laughs> Yeah, you need to get some of those. I, I, in fact, I'll have one. If you're going to have to send out some ID agent branded 
lightsabers, I would definitely put my name down. Okay. All right. Do you have the Baby Yoda stickers? No, I, see that? I don't have Baby Yoda stickers. So this is our new thing. Uh, for those of you listening, we realized that Baby Yoda is very popular. Yep. That's cool. So uh, we, we created some stickers that says Baby. It's a rendition of Baby Yoda. Just in case Disney. Yeah. <laughs> a rendition. It's a I character of Baby Yoda. I don't think Yoda. I'm connected with anyone in Disney's legal team on LinkedIn. So I think we'll be okay. <laughs> Let, let's hope not. I'm just saying it's not a copy. It's a character. It's our artist rendition of. <laughs> could be a Chihuahua. Could be Baby Yoda. But uh, So these are awesome. But they go like hotcakes. So I will uh, That's pretty cool. make sure that you get one. I do have an ID agent cup. And I also do have a t-shirt as well from you guys which ah, I was saying good. many many years ago and I think the cup's been through the dishwasher that many times that I think it just says D I don't think the eyes on it anymore <laughs> <laughs> so yeah my primary role is working in the community to Still further there. the education and the knowledge around the threat landscape and how it affects all of us but specifically businesses right so one of the things that we saw as a result of the pandemic is, well, twofold. First of all, you know, a, a lovely silver lining that's, you know, IT service providers finally were recognized as the backbone of business that kept it all moving forward. But on the business side, right, small businesses, businesses that didn't really have to embrace uh, technology to run their business or to get customers or a combination thereof had to almost immediately. Yep. So there was, the, you know, the big scramble adopting, you know, virtual ordering, online ordering, uh, all these different things, right? The card swipe, but just all these contactless virtual processes that kept the business moving forward. And because of that almost overnight, you know, digital transformation and adoption, there was a lot of cracks, a lot of holes in security that just were not overlooked, but just put to the side just for the sake of, well, I, I'll, I'm sure some of it was overlooked, but a combination of overlooked and put aside just to keep the businesses moving forward. Here we are, we've been in this, we've operated in this pandemic world now, post-pandemic, current pandemic, whatever, however you want to describe it. And now what we're seeing is because of that, cyber criminals were like, oh boy, this is our time. This is our moment of glory. And they stepped in, they ramped it up, and there's been a tsunami of attacks against small businesses that wouldn't normally be so involved in technology now have to be. Yeah. Right. So cyber criminals are like, oh, phishing emails, right? Everybody's at home. Everybody's, you know, checking their emails on their mobile device. And, you know, long gone are the Nigerian print scam days, right? Where you get this email that was just the grammar and the punctuation was the spelling was just atrocious, right? And you'd be like, yeah, pretty sure either a two-year-old wrote this or, you know, it's the scam. <laughs> Probably both. The cyber criminals are, you know, they've really stepped up their game. And so it's their sophisticated complex attacks, phishing emails, right? Uh, malicious landing pages. You've got SMS messages that are phishing now. It's coming at everybody, all of us from everywhere. Yeah. So we've got this huge gap in like education and awareness that, that needs to continuously happen. Like I said on, on uh, LinkedIn just the other day last week that the National Cybersecurity Center here in the UK now say that you have a one in two chance of a business being attacked 
it's one in two now. It's, and that's, yeah. that's high, you know. It's like I say to people, you're more likely to experience a cyber attack in your business than what you are to have a fire. Yeah. But yet people have fire alarms and smoke detectors and fire extinguishers, right? Because I think it's that fire is real. Everyone's burnt their finger. Everyone knows what it feels like a little bit, you know, to have a burn. No one is, well, most businesses still haven't experienced a proper cyber attack, you know, like... Robert Hall from Brigantia on a couple of weeks back and we were talking about like no before and fishing simulation and things and he was saying I think over the last year it's something like a rise of like 700% increase in like phishing attack emails it's like just insane you know and yeah some of the ones that you say are easy to spot but they only need such a small percentage you know what I mean like they're really sophisticated these days so yeah it is a problem and the SMS stuff's quite funny like because like my daughter's like she's got a smartphone my son's a bit young for one yet but she'll come to me and she'll show me this like text she's got and she'll be like oh look here's another fishing scam dad you know because she's like she's really switched on to it you know that's awesome yeah that's for you yeah well it's great because like you know that's the worry things like she's not replying to these things right or like getting involved in any chat with people or whatever it is that these people are trying to do but um, she's actually done a few cyber security kind of online things herself you know so could have another cyber crime fighter in the making there so <laughs> that's good i highly support that we we definitely need more women in the tech yes, industry that's for sure yeah so, that's for sure um, we need the more everything in the tech in the industry channel. right now. <laughs> like the tech industries, we're, we're desperate for talent in the tech industry oh, as yeah. well. So, and I know the problem is just as bad over in the States as what it is here. The Texas 10. So what we'll do is we'll just take a few minutes just to, I'm going to just ask you the Texas 10 questions I mean, oh, yeah. uh, these are, I heard about this. Bring, yeah, bring you, it on. You, so you're the third person. You're, you, you're not the first person to do this, but you're the first American again. So that's two firsts you've had today. Woo-hoo! You know, so the same questions to each person so far, because I think they're a bit of fun and people seem to enjoy answering them. Am so I also the first woman to get asked these questions? You're also the first woman. So there's another Woo-hoo! one. It's a triple winner. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, is that three certificates you get now? Is it? I think. Yeah, it's a trifecta, right? <laughs> got the hat trick so i was originally planning these to be like a quick fire round thing but i think some of the questions do take a bit of thought so just take your time but just answer them off the cuff because i think your first reactions are quite often the best when it comes to stuff like this so if you had a hundred million dollars to spend not pounds what would you spend it on well i think a hundred million dollars doesn't go very far these days so, I mean, <laughs> probably have to put it in investment account so it could, you know, my, my money could make money for me. No, I'm kidding. Right now, this second, just no consequences. If I had $100 million, I would fly across the pond and go tool around Europe and see other countries before they're gone, before I can't go. I don't know. what. There's so much craziness going on. I, I yeah. feel like I'm going to... Like Paris will be gone if I don't go visit it. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people are desperate to travel right now, so that's probably a good use of it. And to be honest, with that kind of money, you could afford to just fly in a private jet so that you'd be a bit more good safe point. from the pandemic, I guess, and stay yes. in the best hotel. Could, so, yeah, good And point. I could bring my dogs with me because yeah. I read an article, so that's a new thing. People that want to travel with their dogs, right, they're hiring private jets to fly them so that wow. way their dogs can have their own seat. Oh, $100 million will do that. So <laughs> what's one of the most important things that you've learned in your life? Oh, life is too short. So don't take myself so seriously. And what you do that matters. Next question is, 
does pineapple belong in pizza? Yes, it does. Uh, Absolutely. I am one of those. I will claim it. My only saving grace is I also include jalapenos too. See, yeah. <laughs> See, the pineapple and pizza thing, it's a bit of a deal breaker for me when it comes to friends, you know, like... <laughs> I've heard that before. Yes, I, I have been. Uh, people have cut me off because of that. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what would your walkout song be? Bulls on Parade by nice. uh, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. My number two is Oldie But Goodie, uh, Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck. Right? Because it has a great intro that, yeah. that it just be like, yeah. Awesome. I love ACDC. Mm -hmm. Who band, does it, right? Band that still on my wish list of all the bands I've been to see, I've not been to see them. So hopefully one day they're still yeah. they're still going. If you could have dinner with three people, either dead or alive, who would you choose? Oh, that's a tough one. So first person would be my namesake, Amelia Earhart, because she was just badass, right? Uh, second one would be. Oh, goodness, that is a good one. You know what? The second one would probably have to be my great-grandmother, who, with my grandfather, great-grandfather, came over from Sweden on the boat to America, and they have this whole, like, there's a logging camp museum in northern Minnesota dedicated to my great-grandparents, and they basically started one of the major logging industries in North okay. America and northern Minnesota. So just kind of her whole story, because that had to have been a real trip. Yep. Um Hmm. Number three, geez. Coco Chanel. Why not? <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, all women. Did you see that? Oh, I didn't mean to pick all women, but I did. That's okay. That's not a problem. Yeah. It's, it's your dinner. Like, you're, you're inviting them. So. Right? Yeah, now that would be a great, that would be a great dinner, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think, some good balls of wine I think my only criteria, if I, if, if you were asking me that question, is I would have to make sure that I didn't invite any vegans, because... Like, I don't think that would, you know, a dinner party is definitely going to involve lots of steak and stuff if it's my dinner party. So I think I would avoid yeah. anyone, unless I unknowingly didn't know that. <laughs> Not that I've got anything against people that are vegan, but my dinner party is going to have meat involved and I want people to enjoy themselves and not freak yeah. out about it. So, Well, it's your fantasy. So, I mean, that's they might be vegan, but in your fantasy, they're not. <laughs> well, that's true. That's a good point. If you could have any superhero power, what would it be? Mm. Superhero power. Jeez. Well, mm, I think I always wanted to fly when I was a kid, but uh, maybe invisibility. That could be fun at parties. <laughs> <laughs> at parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? Oh, so when I was real young, my parents, a little bit hippie, we raised like livestock and stuff. So while ducks are not as mean as geese are, ducks can be pretty mean yep. <laughs> when you go at them. So maybe I'll go with a hundred uh, duck sized horses. I'll just corral those little suckers or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll get a chihuahua to come and corral them. <laughs> <laughs> I think a, a horse-sized duck would be pretty freaky, I think. That's a scary thing to take on, right? Because you imagine how yeah. big its beak would be. That'd be quite scary. And the way I see it is that I could run away or I could climb up something and get away from some duck-sized horses. Plus, I think yeah. duck-sized horses would look pretty cool, actually. You know, like tiny little yeah. horses, you know? Oh, my God, that would be cool. 
what piece of advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? Oh, uh, don't date that boy because it made daddy mad. (laughs) 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 No, no. I mean, probably, uh, so I've always been really smart. So I was bored in school. So I just kind of would like did it half-assed because I was bored. I'm like, yeah, this is easy. So I never like actually applied myself. So if I would have really applied myself, I think I would have really been able to go a lot farther in school. So, yeah. I mean, cause I, I did the base, the minimum, right? High school graduated, you know, got went to college long enough to get, uh, you know, my BA in business administration. Right. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I'm bored with school. What else is there? Let's Real world. I want the real world. And then you're like, Ew. yeah. Yeah. And then you realize that. that you should stay in school as long as you can. Yeah. I try to tell my kids that, that, you know, school is the best fun you're going to have. And then when yeah. you leave school, you're like, that's, you're so desperate to grow up, I think, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's a great, good piece of advice. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's tough, though, because, you know, a wisdom only comes with age and screwing up a lot. That's true. <laughs> right. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> Two more questions for you. One is, this is another one that can get a little bit deep as well, is if you had a time machine, would you rather travel to the past or to the future? I would rather travel to the past. And I'll tell you why. Because the uh, climate change and the damage that we've done to our planet, I would love to see what our planet used to look like before we humans have jacked it all up right like like the way california used to be before it was paved over with freeways right the lush landscape and vegetation and animals and species that are gone right because of us to be honest everyone said that every no one has said the future so far out three of oh really for the past yeah because mm. uh, the future is unknown and it's scary yeah right? it is and if you could see the future and then you have to come back to the past and live towards that it might change your it could ruin your whole life if you knew what the future held is some and most people have said you'd rather not know and it's fair plus i think Absolutely. you know there's times and events that you might want to go back to in the past like family stuff so yeah i think the past i think most people say the same thing and the final question is is that you know this is the texas podcast it's all about helping businesses to become more successful through having the right technology in place to make them successful. Mm-hmm. So what does TechSS look like to you in a business? For me, I think it is finding that marriage of technology and the business need, right? And the business need as far as moving the business forward in a competitive and financially in a financial and competitive way, right? So with revenue growth and keeping their people happy, right? And being able to maintain the culture that you want your organization to have, technology can fuel and support all of that. Talking a little bit more about the dark web then. So I think it's fair to say that most people have heard of the dark web, but there's not many people that really know especially outside of the tech world, right? In fact, actually, I've even actually spoken to IT managers that when we've spoken about the dark web at an event, who've said to me afterwards, you know, I really thought I understood this whole dark web thing, but actually really opened my eyes to it. So maybe you just want to give us a bit of an overview of like the dark web, 
what's found on it, what people use it for, and why is it the dark web? That's a great point that you make. And being in the channel, you know, and spending a lot of my time working with MSPs, it's easy to kind of forget that businesses outside the the tech industry, a lot of them still think that the dark web is something science fiction that, you know, movies and, you know, that we've all kind of made up to sell whatever security services we're trying to sell. And it's a very, very real place. And it's, it's, a combination of place and actors, right? So uh, the dark web is the largest part of the World Wide Web. So the the web that we are familiar with, the Googles, the Yahoos, the Bings, those are the, the searchable part of the World Wide Web. And that's only a very small percentage of the World Wide Web. So if you were to think of an iceberg, right? If you have that imagery in your head, yep. uh, just the, the, the little tiny peak that is above the waterline, that's the inner the web that we most of the populace is familiar with and the rest of that giant chunk of ice underneath it there's the middle web and then there's the dark web there's different names for the middle web deep web but it's this stuff that isn't cookie that isn't searchable and you can only access it through a tor browser so you have to have like special technology special tools to be able to access it but having said that if you have that technology, if you know how to access it, anybody can get out on the dark web if you know how to do it. And if you know where to go, right? So technically the dark web, the deep web, it is, it's all publicly available information. You just have to know how to get there. It was developed by governments, United States, by the Navy as a way to share information in an anonymous way. You know, others glommed onto that because that's a very attractive way to share information. It's anonymous, completely anonymous. And of course, criminals, that is, they're like, hey, that's our playground, right? So it's really, as far as like the criminal element, it is literally Pandora's box. Yeah. Anything and everything can be found and bought and purchased and sold out on the dark web. Everything from like horrific, like horror movie type things to what businesses deal with a lot, which is the trafficking of stolen data, right? Because data is gold now yeah. and everything is is data. Used to be a lot of drug trafficking. I think there's still drugs and guns and, you know, child and porn and all that horrible stuff. But, you know, I'd say probably half of it now, maybe more than half is the illegal data crimes that is, that is happening on a Just grand scale. Yeah. And it's easy. Yeah. Easier. Criminals follow the money, right? And it's easy. It's much easier to try and get money from legit businesses <laughs> um, than it is to uh, do yeah. some of these other things. Kind of leads on well into saying ID agent. You guys are, you know, provide a dark web monitoring service and amongst a few other things. But obviously, we're speaking about you know dark web, you know, here today. But why should businesses care about the dark web? Why should they worry about you know data going onto the dark web? And I guess what kind of things can happen to businesses if things like you know breach passwords, credentials get in the, end up in the dark web? You know, why businesses should worry about it because all it takes is one compromising credential. And what I mean by compromised credential is an email in combination with a password, 
right? Because if you think about within the four walls of your network, your organization, right? That's like having keys to the kingdom. So you could have as much security technology guarding your organization and on your network as NASA or pick a government agency, right? But if someone gets a hold of uh, an email and password, they can just log into the system and have free reign, right? Literally let them walk through the front door. So one of the the challenges that we will always face (laughs) is the human element, right? And because we have emotions and we care about things and we get involved and we sometimes don't think before we act because of our emotions, right? That is always going to kind of be the, our Achilles heels. And for businesses in particular, right, whether you are, you know, have a cyber savvy organization or you are a, you know, kind of a, an old industry business that maybe, you know, is now just grasping onto technology because they've had to, like, for example, the farmer's markets, right? Or in New York, we have, they have a lot of the vegetable and fruit, the logistics companies that get the, the produce to the farmer's markets in New York and Long Island and Brooklyn and all them, right? These are old school. These are like, you know, uh, third, fourth, fifth generation. Everything is manual, right? They just started using computers because they had to. These guys are being targeted because it's just not... It's not like how it's not like kids these days, right? Kids are born into this whole, you know, they get technology and they like you were mentioning your your daughter, right? And she's really cyber savvy and that's awesome. There's a lot of adults our age and older that are definitely not that cyber savvy. So it's a lot of education because it's just not something we think about. We're just not born with it. So anyways, I mean, credential compromise can happen anywhere, everywhere, and it's easier now than ever. So the most popular ways are obviously phishing emails. That's where an individual gets sent an email and they have to click a link and it'll take them to a landing page, right? Where they have to enter their credentials. Well, Hackers have gotten very smart now and they can copy the business applications that we all use, right? So they'll copy QuickBooks, they'll copy uh, Adobe, they'll copy Microsoft, they'll copy, you know, CRM, they'll copy, you know, your bank, all these very familiar, very trusted brands. And it will look identical. And you, I mean, it's very difficult to tell the difference. So you'll go to a landing page that you think is your bank because you got an email from your bank that says, hey, there's a, your check got declined or this payment got declined. We need you to log in and just review this to see, you know, what's going on. And you're going to be like, why would that get declined? What's going on here? I better investigate this. And you go and you plug in your stuff because you're all like, oh my God, you're offended that this would even happen to you. Now they have it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, actually, because a few of the things that, again, you've said is that education still needed. And I think most adults that work in using computers every day will probably have four or five passwords that they remember that are all just variations of each other. They're never usually truly unique, right? So yeah. it's like password one, password two, password three, password four kind of thing. And most businesses aren't at the point certainly in the UK that I've seen, most businesses are still not 
providing password management you know platforms for their staff to use so there's the thing is like you said you put in all this technology and people go oh yeah we've got like you know they're spending thousands of pounds on a firewall for their network but their staff are still choosing their own passwords and they do a lot of cyber essentials pre-assessment work with businesses and every time i ask businesses do you have a password policy in the company they go no so like, okay, so you've got all this other stuff that you're concerned about, but when it comes to the basics in terms of just educating your staff on how to choose a good password that, yes, you can't use your Facebook password as your company email login password. And of course, people say, well, surely people don't do that, right? Surely they're not doing that. Well, can guarantee oh, you that they are, you know, they and, do. and they're also, their staff will also use their company email as the login to personal sites because it's convenient because it brings their email into one place. If they're using a site, and this is one of the things when we talk about compromise, people think that, oh, our systems have been compromised. I say, well, no, it's like your staff members could have been using another website, right? And that site's become compromised and a password that they used, that just happened to be a password they also used to one of your company systems has been compromised, right? You know, things like like Marriott Hotels, you know, was obviously a big one a few years back. Yeah. Ashley Madison, um, <clears throat> to yep. name a few, you know. I had to have that conversation with a customer. Yep. 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 So, you that know, was... it's explaining to people that it's not your systems that are being compromised because people say, well, where does this data come from? Where, did, where does these password breaches come from? They come from, like you've said, phishing, from users mm -hmm. using other websites that you don't know about and they're using password replications or duplications because they don't have a password manager and things in place. And then, like yeah. I say, once people understand, okay, so I understand how this can happen, then naturally the next question is, okay, well, what do we do about it? And I guess that's where we come on to talking about what you guys do at ID agent and one of the services that you know we provide to a lot of our customers and say well that is a solution it can't unfortunately as we know you can't stop the password becoming breached in the first place but maybe you can explain about what we actually can do to help make sure it doesn't become a problem though i mean you can stop a password from being compromised but once it's already been compromised you can't remove it from the dark web right yeah public service announcement if anybody anywhere tells you that they can remove your email and password, anything from the dark web. That is that is not true, it's not possible. Do not engage. But what's important to know, first of all, first step is knowing what information about your organization, about the people that make up your organization, what is already out on the dark web in the hands of criminals. Because I think right now we're at 8 billion compromised credentials out on the dark web. And that's numbers that came, you know, from a couple months ago. So I'm sure there's more, but that's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of data. And like you mentioned, Mark, 73 quarters of, of the population uses the same password or the same variation of a password, right? I love my dog one, I love my dog two, <laughs> I love my dog three, exclamation point, because that'll make it secure, right? So all a threat actor needs to do is get a hold of one password and they know probability-wise that they can take that one password and plug it into a password you know, cracker and they'll try with everything. And the chances of them getting into something else are pretty high. So we make their job easy. But so knowing what information is already out there is the first step. So what ID agent does and the tool that we provide to uh, you know, service providers like you, Mark, is it gives you the ability to run an on the spot dark web scan, 
right? So you have that baseline. So you know every employee, every current employee, every past employee, their email has been compromised and any passwords that criminals have in their hands, right? So you can go and first thing, obviously you wanna do is start changing passwords immediately, right? And that then really kind of helps clarify and kind of paint that picture as to why having good, strong password policies and in combination with, you know, password manager or two-factor authentication, right, is so critical because of that right there. So you have a report, you know, all the data that's out on the dark web, then the ongoing monitoring that the tool provides, right? So Marion accounts payable, fictitious Marion accounts payable. If she clicks on a link in a phishing email, her credentials get compromised. You know, you Mark would, would get uh, an alert and you could go to your customer and say, hey, Mary in accounts payable, her email and password has been compromised, but we need her to change it immediately. And let's talk about continuing starting her education, right? So, so security awareness training in conjunction with the monitoring for compromised credentials is, again, it's, it's critical, right? So you can have the alerting, but without training and education, you know, you can't, you got to have one with the other. It's, it's, it's really important, right? It's like we talked about with Rob and, and the no before solution and phishing simulation things. It's like social engineering beats all technology, right? Because of the human element. So yeah, there's that education required and I think it's understanding, you know, and once most people have, well, hopefully we've done that here. Hopefully we've achieved that today in this episode and hopefully more of our customers and and people that we are connected with will listen to this and understand a little bit more about the dark web, why it's a problem for businesses. Even if you're not spending time in the dark web, you could end up on the dark web unknowingly and through no fault of your own sometimes, right? You know, it's just being caught up in in a compromise from some legit websites that get breached. So it was great having you uh come and share some of your insights and I'll be including links to some of the ID agent materials and things online in the show notes so people can check out the service and see some stuff for themselves. I know we've got some little ID agent branded videos and things that we've shared in the past so I'll make sure some of that stuff goes out on our social medias as well. Thanks for your time and I know it's still kind of earlier on in the day for you so enjoy the rest of your day over there and um, we'll, uh, we'll speak to you again sometime later. Yep, yep. Same to you. Have a great rest of your night. Thanks for listening to the show today. I hope you got some real value out of listening to me talking with Amelia there from ID Agent. As always, please remember to follow, subscribe to the show on the favorite place that you listen to your podcasts, and we will see you in the next episode. Have a tech-cessful day. Texas is an M3 Networks podcast. Find out more at m3networks.co.uk.